Hey everyone, welcome to Grow, Lead, Go, this favorite movement's personal growth and leadership podcast. This is for all young adults, so if you're a college student or a young professional, hey, this is for you. We want to help you and we want to equip you for real life. I'm your host, Paul, and before we get started, I just want to give huge shout-outs to all our favorite movement volunteers and leaders. So if you're a team leader, connect leader, volunteer, regional leader, because from the start of this pandemic, we've actually grown by 50% in our connect attendance, and that's all because of you guys. And because of that, there are more people who are walking in their purpose, being plugged in community and being secured in their identity. I really believe that we can reach this generation together. Yeah. But I'm so excited for today. I'm your host, Paul, and we're going to learn together with a great leader that I admire, who inspires me to never stop growing. He's a great communicator, teacher and preacher, and even a greater friend. So why don't we all welcome the Korean sensation, Pastor Woolim Ma. That's right. Lazada 11.11, that's me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How you doing, Paul? Thanks I'm for having doing me. doing good. I'm really honored to have you hey. here. You know, today I want us to talk about thriving with people. Yeah. Uh, I believe leadership is all about people. It's all about doing life with people, mm. dealing with weird people, yeah. uh, leading people. Um, you know, John Maxwell once said that leadership is all about adding value to people. Okay. It's all about influence. And yeah, so yeah. I, really, I really believe in my heart that if you want to thrive in life, mm. you got to thrive with people. Yeah, that's so and true. And you do that so well. I don't why. know if I do, but man, okay, thank you. I'll, I'll receive And that. that's why you're our executive pastor for people. Because <laughs> okay. you thrive with people. So I want to talk about that topic. All right. Thriving with people. And, I, and then for this podcast, I want to let you know that he's going to be talking more. And he's not going to be asking me a lot of questions <laughs> just to set it up. But, but we're going to have a great time together. He's, you've been a pastor for many years and you have a great family. And you've raised up so many people. Mm. And I believe that that's because you lead yourself well. Mm. And so when we talk about thriving with people, I really think that we got to start with ourselves. Like we got to thrive yeah. in our personal lives yeah, first yeah. because really the hardest person to lead mm. is ourselves. Absolutely. And so can you talk to me about some fundamental things that really helped you lead yourself better? Man, Paul, where do, where do I start? That's, that's a great question. And I think... I think there's a lot of layers to that question, right? Because your voice is so good, Pastor. Oh man, it's it's my radio voice. <laughs> you know, I think I think when you talk about leading yourself, right? We could talk about things such as, you know, doing your quiet time or uh, exercising. You know how how important physical fitness is. But I think on a deeper level, what's even more essential is your your inner life mm. right and so good and so when you lead yourself you have to know yourself because you can't lead yourself if you don't know yourself and 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 what happened especially for me when i was younger is that as i would lead myself i didn't know myself and so what i did was i would portray what mm. i wanted other people wow. to see in me and so that's really good when it comes to leading yourself, and especially for, you know, for the young adults, right? 18 to 25, it's, it's both a formative as well as this, you know, thriving type of stage in life. And, and for me, I would encourage people to, to become more and more self-aware. 
Mm. And so, you know, every leader sort of has their leanings. Yeah. And, and I place a lot of importance on emotional health. Good. Uh, because, Good. because if you're out there and if you're insecure, right? And everyone's mm. insecure. Let's not, you know, let's not pretend that everyone's got it all together, right? But if you're insecure, you don't know yourself, you got a lot of scars and right. wounds that you haven't healed, then what happens is that things things aren't congruent. Yep. They're not in integrity. And and people, and you can lead like that for a while, but after a while, it just gets, something is off. Love that. People start smelling it. You know what I'm saying? So I would definitely start there. Uh, and especially for, for young adults, really just getting to know yourself. Mm. Who am I? And, and you know, in, in the Psalms, it says, search me, oh God. Great. Right? And, and, and allowing God to, to really go deep into where you are, um, I, w- I would definitely start from there. Inner health, emotional health. Emotional health, man. There's a podcast that I follow called um, Emotionally Healthy Leader. And I think that's underrated. By Scazzaro. Yeah, 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 that one. He's amazing. I've totally. read all, I think I've read all of his books. Really? Yeah, I've, took, I've taken all the tests and they are, it's great material and and I would, I think it's a great, and, and that's something that we don't talk too much about mm, in terms of mm. discipleship, right? Discipleship growing in Christ. I think that the inner life is so important, right? And, and as, we, as we grow there, then the fruit begins to grow on the outside. Great, so, yeah. that's amazing. There's a book that we're both currently reading mm. called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's his name? John Mark John Comer. Comer. Great yeah. book. But it's all about j- that emotional health that we mm. need to keep intact. How how important that is to to be to have longevity and leadership. Yeah, it's all about the emotions and all about not emotions. All about the emotional health. The oh, words. absolutely. We're we're keeping ourselves refreshed. We're getting the right amount of rest. Yeah, I love the title of that book, which says "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry." Yeah, right. It's it's, it's so. Isn't it so like violent almost. Yeah. You ruthlessly, it's like you're taking out a yeah, tree yeah. from the root. He talks about, that. He, he says that the greatest enemy of our spirit, of our souls is hurry. Yeah. What's, 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 what's some of the takeaways that you've had so far? Well, you know, unlike Paul that, re, you know, Paul reads the entire book. I, I, I read snippets of books. <laughs> um, but I, for me, you know, a couple things. He talks about how Hurry is a violence to our souls. Mm. And, that, and that really got to me. You know, I, I come from a culture where hurry is, is a premium. Like we're always yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. And, you know, Koreans are known for, hey, pali pali. You know, it, and so when I was a kid, it was always about getting things done. That's right. The fastest way possible. But what I realize is when you don't have time to reflect, mm. like, and, and as a leader, it, I'm in my 40s now. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Paul. I try to moisturize, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Try to hang with the YA. But, but you know, I'm in my 40s now. And what I'm really seeing is the value of just sitting and thinking. Mm. I think so oftentimes we don't sit to just think, to just ponder on, okay, how am I doing? What's What's the vision of what I'm doing at work. How are my kids doing? How's my school doing? That's right. Um, and so if you don't have time to think, you know, then that's a life that is unexamined, 
right? Exactly. And so I, 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 I like that part of it, but I also like his thing on the Sabbath, mm. you know? And, and I think it was, I don't know if it was him, but somebody else talked about how, you know, a Sabbath is a time to renew yep. and to refresh yep. and to replenish. And I think so many of us, we go through life thinking that our tank is always gonna be full. When in so fact, so it's, it's really not. And, and so I think, you know what, Paul, I, I really think that's one of the things that's, that's missing today yeah. in the world. Yep. Like people don't stop to just rest, to enjoy, to that smile. So that is so You know good. what I'm saying? And, and I, when I look at the life of Jesus, man, and he was never in a hurry, mm. you know, he was just kind of, and, and he went away to pray it's and always he Jesus ate. Jesus walked, Jesus walked. He just walked, you know, he never, he never like was waiting for a grab. Oh, where's yeah. he? But, but I think that we, we need to, in our modern world, I think that we need to reclaim some of the ancient things, totally. some of the ancient rituals. And so like for me, I don't mind doing like a silent retreat once in a while. Right, right. Because I'm talking all the time. Yeah. But sometimes I got to stop talking so I can, I can really listen. Exactly. And sometimes God wants to speak deeply into my mm, life. Mm. And, and that's when I really need to stay silent yep. and just reflect even more. Totally. You talked about self-awareness earlier. Yeah. And a lot of self-awareness, I think, comes from that time of reflection that we get or the time of just being in the moment. John Mark oh, yeah. talked about that. He said that the secret to happiness is really being present in oh, the moment. So good. Like my favorite moments with God and my favorite moments with people is when I'm fully present there. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about why the first adjective used to describe love is patient. Love is that's patient. That's huge. That is huge. And I think that's huge. It is, it is. And, and you know, someone once said that if you have one foot in the past, mm. one foot in the future, right? If you can just imagine your, mm. your feet being spread apart, you know, excuse my language, but you crap on your present, yeah. right? Because the present is, is in the middle and you're not quite, you're not quite there yet. And so if you live in the past, then you live with regret. If you live in the future, you live with anxiety. That's good. And, and I, I for one have, I've been that person and I struggle with this, Paul. And just, just to be completely real, I struggle with it. And I'm always thinking about the next. Yeah. But then what I realize is that I have moments of clarity. Mm. And I think about my kids and I think about my life and I think about my days. And if I'm not completely present, then the days just seem to get away from me. I'll look back on one week yeah. and I'll be like, what happened? Yeah. I wasn't able to enjoy that. And I, I, I really believe that the John 10, 10 life, right? Life in full hmm. is a life that is completely present. present. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, so, and so even right now, when I'm having this conversation with you, I could be thinking about traffic. Mm. I could be thinking about, man, we started a little bit late. I could be thinking about all these other things, but I, it's, it's really a discipline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so it, the book could have been titled The Ruthless elimination of being in the future of the past or, or, or just ruthlessly being present. Cause I think that's a huge key in what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You want to change the title? Let's talk, let's tell him <laughs> John Mark. Hey, John Mark, man, <laughs> just, just a shout out. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's a really great thought. Like 
the most fundamental thing I think for mm. us to lead ourselves better is really having that time where we go away from the hurry of the world yeah. and really just reflect. Yeah. And I, I think there's no, no, I heard in one podcast, I think it was from Chad Veach, that he doesn't, haven't met, no, Chris Hodges haven't met any person in the world that's successful, that has no, that doesn't, that doesn't have a great morning routine. Oh man, tell me about it. I, you think, know, that, I think that starts your day. It does, right. it does. And, and the thing is like, you know, this was something, this is something that I'm passionate about but this is something that I really struggle with. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I try to get up every morning at five o'clock. Nux. And, and I know I, I, I try. You know, guys, it's it's all about trying, right? Yeah. Totally. Um, because there's grace. But I try to start at five. And here's what I realized: I, I've I've been doing this for almost, I would say, four months now. Right. And I've Paul, man, I've tried. Meaning to say, like. I've tried and failed and I've tried and failed multiple times, but I just felt, I just kept feeling that conviction from mm, God. Yeah. Like this is, like this is going to pay off. If you just start doing this, it's almost like God yeah. was telling me, trust me, dude, mm. I know it's hard now. And so when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I read the scriptures. Well, first of, you know, I put on coffee, I sweep my floor right? Um, and then I, I read the scriptures, I journal, and I just try to have that moment where I stop when I read something and I'm just like, oh God. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and today, you know, I, I read through the book of uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and it talks about provoking one another to good works. And I just like, man, God, would you just give me opportunities today good. to provoke whoever it is that comes into my my life, yeah. you know, on my path. So who have you provoked today? I'm trying to provoke people here right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that. Aren't those the mo aren't those moments where you stop and reflect? I think for me on my times with God, those are the best moments that I have. They are. When I stop reading yeah. and I just chew on what I'm, I'm reading. Well, that's why it, it, it says that we meditate on yeah, the scriptures, totally. right? Yeah, we chew on them and we just kind of like, we stop and, and I love what, um, I love what one preacher said is, is that when he reads through the scriptures, right? He just stops and he stares. Yeah. Right. I think it was TD Jakes. He, he just stops and he stares and he does that with people too. When he's examining people, he just, he just kind of stares at them. But going back to the morning routine, you know, so, so when I, I feel like when I do that and I take care of what needs to be taken first, Good. I put God Good. first and then I do a little bit of an exercise, yeah. right? I try to work out because we all, you know, we all trying to fight, fight the bulge and we're all trying to be buff like Paul Carolino, you know, real fit and, and good looking. Um, and so some of us have to try a little bit harder, yeah. but when I, when I yeah. physically exercise, <laughs> when I physically exercise and then when I listen to a podcast. So what I realize is that when I take care of my spirit, my body, and my mind, what happens, Paul, is that I feel like I've won. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and, and there's, there's this principle of like the, the spillover effect, right? So when you're winning in one area of your life, yep. it just kind of spills over. And when I do that, bro, 
Totally. I'm a better parent. Yeah. I'm a better husband. I come to work and I feel like I've Energized. already won. I've spent time yeah, with God. I've, totally. You know, and, and so I think I would encourage anyone who wants to start winning, right? And maybe good. for some of you guys. That's good. You know, you, you felt kind of defeated and, and just know that you have the power. You really do. And all it takes is, is just to try it once. And when you get that feeling, sometimes that feeling can be addictive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to do it again. I want to yeah. try it again. In a good way. Addictive. In, in addictive. a good way. In a good way. Just to be clear. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it, in, a, in a really good way. And once you taste it, you know, then there's a tendency to want to go back. Yeah. Even if you failed, you'll have that memory of, you know what? I remember doing that. Mm. And God might continue to speak to you yeah. and say, hey, just try it again. Yeah. Just try it again. So yeah. I'm actually convinced that that is the most fundamental thing mm. when it comes to leading ourselves better. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I am nothing without my time with God. Mm. Like that really sets the day. Principle of the first. Yeah. If you put God first, everything else will follow. So if you're watching this, I just want to encourage you. It's never too late. Like you can start today, start tomorrow. Yeah. And if we're going to change this generation together, it has to start with us. I'm curious though, Paul, what is, what is your morning routine like? I try to wake up as well, like 5, 5 a.m. Sometimes okay. I try to wake up at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. And then okay. Hey, I, guys, not a competition. Not a competition, right, but 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I try to wake up 4 a.m. And what I do is I don't touch my phone mm -hmm. until I've read my Bible Great. and pray. Great. And then I try to do some pull-ups and push-ups just to right. keep up with you. About 1,000 push-ups. No, 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 500. Right. Maybe 500. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anyways, I think we've veered off the topic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are, um, when it comes to thriving in your personal life, I, I think that what I've served from you is that you are so secure in your own skin. Well, because you're Korean and you put skincare on your face, which is why I actually requested that instead of doing a tight shot, they do a medium shot for today because I'm kind of insecure with oh, my man. pores compared to your pores. But oh, you're, you're secured in your own skin and you're confident with who you are. And I see that um, that that's it's coming out of you. Um, where does that I'm actually to sit a bit more? <laughs> where does that come from? Like, wow. You know, to be honest with you, Paul, and and, and it's it's okay if if on this podcast we can be real, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm actually a very insecure person, right? And and a lot of it um, comes from moving around. So coming here when I was two, going to the States when I was seven, yeah. coming back, going, going back to the States and coming in, I, I just never really fit. And I have that temperament where I need constant affirmation from people. And really? I, I've, I've gotten better at it. And I've learned how to affirm myself and receive affirmation from God and, and even be okay with no affirmation. Um, but you know, my journey towards becoming more secure, I'm not gonna say I'm completely secure, but my journey towards becoming more secure is really that work of my emotional health. Wow. And so, um, you know, I would say about a year, a year and a half ago, I went through, you know, just a, a pretty huge crisis emotionally. And I felt like I just wasn't winning in life. I felt like I, I, I couldn't win with people, and and I just hit the wall. Wow! And I just shut down, and and I had to go through some major healing steps. Um, and I was looking back at it now, and this has been less than a year ago. Yeah. Looking back at it, I am a completely different person. Wow. I am today. 
than I was then. And so I would say that security, A, comes from the inside, right? I think it comes from the inside and the outside. So the inside, it comes from doing that hard work. You know, first of all, being aware. So if you're insecure, hey, you can just say it. Don't pretend like you are secure. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, so if, if, you've, if, you're, if you're scared of certain things, let's say you're scared of rejection, right? You can say you're scared of rejection because the more you hide it, the more power it has over you. Yep. And so when you name it and you say, God, man, I'm, I'm really scared of rejection. Would you help me? You start confessing to other people, to people that you trust yeah. that can yeah. affirm you and say, hey, you know what? You weren't really rejected. And they'll tell you the truth. Right, and so I go to my wife, and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't know if that person really likes me. I don't know if I'm doing a good job." And all she has to say is, "You know what, babe? You're doing a great job." And people are telling me that, and instantly, like the light goes on, and it's like, "Okay, I know I was sort of in a funk." Great. You know what I'm saying? And so if you can, if you can surround yourselves with a couple people, yeah, where you can just kind of be real, yep, and they can speak life into you. Um, that's that's one thing. But two, I would say is the environment. Mm. Place yourself in an environment where you can thrive. Because security comes from thriving. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're, if you're in a bad environment that doesn't, that doesn't affirm your gifts, that it doesn't give you opportunities to, to succeed. Yeah. Then chances are, you're not going to feel that great about yourself. But if you are placed in an environment, and, and that's why, you know, I, I, I love being at favor, right? And, and, and it's, it's just the place where I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just starting to fly, you know, maybe for the first time in my life. Wow, really? And hey, I'm, I'm 42, right? And so, and so it's been that long of a journey wow. of being insecure, of, of trying to find things, where do I really fit? And now I feel like I've finally found something. And so environment is huge, right? Wow, love yeah. that. I love that about you, you are so real. Like you're not afraid to, <laughs> not, no, 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 you're not afraid old, to admit. <laughs> you're, not, you're not afraid to admit what you're struggling oh, with. Yeah. You're not afraid to tell stories about this time when you got weak. And I, we know from, from Pastor Craig Rochelle, he always says that, People That's rather right. follow, That's follow right. leaders who are real, yeah. always real, who are rather than pe- leaders who are always right. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that about you. But talk to me about how did you like grow into becoming more confident and secure, like in your own unique personality? Man, that is that is uh, such an interesting question because I've always I was I'm the type of person that never liked myself. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and I would always put up that mask. And so, you know, like a good example is when I came to the Philippines, when I came back to the Philippines, because I grew up here, I felt like I had to be Filipino. And when I wasn't, and so, for example, I'd, I'd be sitting around a table and, you know, everyone's speaking Tagalog. And, and I felt like I had to speak Tagalog, but my Tagalog is limited. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And but so, not anymore, right? No, it, it still is. Really? I, I still can't understand some people. Like Albie, I can't understand him when he speaks Tagalog. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, but but you know what I'm saying? Some people have an easier Tagalog to understand. So, anyways, um, <laughs> what was the question again? How, how, how do, do you get become more, more, confident more confident in your own unique personality, in your own, own unique design? Yeah, man. That, that, 
I would say that you have to learn how to trust yourself. Good. That's right? good. Um, that's that's the one thing when I when I sort of started growing recently, it's almost the one thing I wanted to tell all young people. Like stop listening to what the voices say about you. That's right. Start listening to the unique voice that mm. you feel. And and I read a book by T.D. Jakes called Instinct, right? And he says that there's there's just something inside of us. Like you can feel it. And I would encourage everyone to honor that voice, that voice within that says, hey, why don't we try that? Yeah. Why don't we try this? And as, as long as it's, you're close to God, mm. right? Because then God is guiding that voice and it's not the voice of temptation or the voice of, hey, let's try something crazy. Um, I, I would say that even if you're not sure and you're never, you're never 100% sure, ever, 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 like the will of God, right? Sometimes it's like, man, okay, I'm 49% sure and I got to take that step of faith. But I would say that you begin trusting yourself yeah. and start taking actions towards what you feel inside, then that's where security begins to come. Good. Because security, I, I, I think, comes from successes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's very hard. Maybe some people can do it, but it's very hard if you haven't won Anything. a few things in life um, and, and, and be secure. But once you can win, a few things you're following that voice and you're not winning according to anyone else's rules yeah exactly but you're winning according to what you feel is inside um and and, and for example like like for me when it comes to preaching right i want to try a bunch of things right I, I feel like communication is so fascinating and and people learn either through words or pictures, auditory, visual. Yeah and, yeah. and I try to keep it as varied as I can. And there are moments when I'm like, you know what? I want to risk it. I want to bring a prop. Yeah. You know, but there will be a voice that says, but no one doesn't do it that way. Yeah, people don't do it that way. Right. That's, That's not how Steve Furtick does it. That's not how, you know, like Judah Smith does it. And, and so that's when I begin to suppress my own voice and it's almost like that, that the, the possibility for that breakthrough of my own voice, mm, I'm mm. shutting it down myself. Good. And so if I can only learn to trust my own voice in those critical moments, yeah. um, that's where security for me totally. begins to totally. come. And, it's, and we're all about being selfless, but that's different from embracing how God has designed us. Oh, absolutely. Of how God has molded us in the past mm. and the unique personality. Like for you, you're a Korean, you're great, you have great skin, you have a great voice. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Korean and I'm, my voice isn't as deep as you, yours, but I have learned to accept my own unique personality. And I think that's a huge, huge part of us leading ourselves better. It's just trying to do things, um, not trying to do things the way other people would do things, yeah. but embracing how we can thrive within our own limitations, within, within our own designs. And we're well, all I about- think, Wait, Paul, before you ask ahead. the next question, I think that you are actually very good at listening to your own voice. Like you come to me with crazy ideas and you are not afraid to like, when I suggest something, you know, you'll be like, no, let's not do it that way. Can we, can we do it this way? And, and so I'm wondering what has your journey been 
in in order to become more and more secure. Wow, let's talk about the the next part. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, but but um, my journey. I think it's really, so I grew up, I told you about this story. I yeah. grew up in an environment where all of my other friends and all of my other relatives yeah. had better things okay. and had better, um, just better better toys, better clothes, yeah, you know, yeah. the latest gadgets. And I never had the latest things ever mm. in my life, even right now. And I think, but that growing up, that thing, I think has built a an underdog mindset in me. They're okay. like, okay, I'm, I don't have that yet. But I can have that. Yeah, and I and I think growing up, it's always trying to be better than my yesterday. Okay. Not 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 actually trying to be like them, but yeah. just trying to improve little little by little. Yeah, and then embracing just embracing who I am. Okay. Like I I I'm secured in my strengths. I'm secured in my giftings, and I know I want to grow in some things in other areas. Mm. But I know that God has gifted me with a unique set of talents and a unique personality that I can trust. That yeah. because God has designed me that way, He wants to yeah. use me that way. Yeah. And and I think I think like you know, wanting to be better. I think you can have one of two motives, right? One motive can be like, you've got the orphan spirit, mm. right? I want to be better in order to prove myself in an unhealthy way. You know, saying, hey, now, now you see me, I, I've yeah, gotten better. Yeah. But there's also, I think, a place where you can get better. And it's, it's from a place of acceptance, Good. right? I've accepted who I am. Now I want to get better. I think one thing that I would say is, is you can't talk about security without talking about comparison. Good, right? Good. And and comparison is the killer of God's gift in your life. When you start comparing, and and, and I, I know our audience is eighteen to twenty five, but man, let me just tell you, I struggle with it. Mm. I really do, and and I, I'm. I, sometimes I can be so insecure about my own age and say, "Man, forty two. What am I doing, God?" You know, I'll have moments where I'm wow. like, man, other people have built churches. Other people have, have done so much. And I feel like I'm, what have I done compared to them? And then God will just kind of remind me He'll say, you know what? You're in your, you're running your own race. And I remember what my professor said about the book of Hebrews as we run the race. Mm. He said, it's your race. Yep. You run your, your race. race. Right, you're not worried about anyone else's race, but God has placed you on that totally, path, on totally. that track, and so you run your race. And I love what He says: you, you, you keep your eye on Jesus. Good, right? Because if you start looking okay. around, exactly. right? We all we all know those those videos on Facebook, right? Where like the winner thinks he's won, yeah. and he's looking around, and that's when they stumble. That's when they lose their footing. So good, so good. Yeah. There's so much power in that staying in our lane. Mm. Like maybe there's someone watching this and that is discouraged. Hey, God made you uniquely designed for who you are and he wants to use that. Absolutely. Like whoever you are, you have something to offer. Absolutely. There's always something that we can offer to other people because <clears throat> the giftings, the talents that God has given us, it's not just for us. Yeah. It's for other people. Yeah. And I, you know, we were just talking before the show about, about that girl, Kathy Heller, right? Mm. I, I was listening to her podcast and she's not a follower, but she's Jewish. And she she has a, a crazy story. And she came to a place where 
she realized that God doesn't make extras. And meaning to say that she felt so worthless good and thought. so damaged, but God doesn't waste anyone. And so if he's, if he's taken the time to create you and your own unique temperament and your own u- unique powerful. skill set, and even if you have, you know, things that aren't completely perfect, the fact of the matter is, like, who is perfect? Yeah. Right? There's no one perfect. But God doesn't make extras. He doesn't waste things, especially on a human being that he's created in his own totally. image. So that's, that's all from our talents, our personalities, our faces, Absolutely. the things that we're interested in. I think God can use everything. Even our pain, bro. Even our pain, exactly. Even our pain. And I think it's sometimes it's, it is the pain where the most valuable mm. gold emerges. Good. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And, totally. and it's it's from our suffering where we learn how to persevere, right? You know something about that. Yeah. It's, it's through our disappointments where we learn how to get up again. It's through the rejection where we learn that grit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I, I would say, you know, no one likes pain, but after a while, after it's all passed, Man, God is going to use that pain. And in the scriptures, it says that we go through things so that we can comfort other people as well. So that there's definitely an aspect of, of others that we can serve. Exactly. DJ Jakes talks about the anointing comes from the crushing. Right? That's good. And so your pain is going to be useful. Absolutely. Totally. And contrary to what you were saying before, uh, you were talking about how you're 42 and you're comparing to other mm. stuff to other people. Mm. I think you're 42 and you're still walking in your purpose. You have so much fire in you. You come to work and you're energizing people. You're passionate about that. Uh, how do you keep yourself um, doing what you need to do? How do you keep yourself doing what's aligned to your purpose? Man, Paul, you know what? I, you know, I think there's something that happens and maybe some of you guys won't be able to relate to this, but there's something that happens when you become a father, okay? Um, you start having to live for other people. Like you, you, you become a model. And at the end of the day, and, and this is something that I, I was actually journaling yesterday. I want my kids to see me and be inspired by the life that I wow. live. And so that, that's, that's sort of the overall purpose. But in order to stay motivated, there's gotta be a goal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, there's always that goal of, okay, God, I'm still building your church. There's still more to be done. You know, I'm counseling people and, and there's still people that are in pain. And so if, if we can think about why you're doing it, and, and I love what Simon Sinek says, right? Yeah. Find, your why. Find your why, know your why. If you totally. know your why, then you can endure any how. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, but, but here's, here's the real thing though, Paul. And, and it's not like I wake up with this every day. And of course, when you get to the, to the real practical issues of it, you know, you go to work, you know, you have to make a living. You, you have to, you know, sort of use your gifts and mm. thrive where you're at. Um, but at the end of the day, what, motivates me from a very macro perspective is 
God has given me what I need right now. Like God has yeah. not made an accident by mm. placing me where I'm at. So even if the situation isn't ideal, yeah. even if the situation may be painful mm. or I don't like it, I have learned that I've been sent wherever I am. Yeah. And I think Christians yeah. need to recapture that essence Good. of being sent. Love that. You know what I'm saying? Like you are sent wherever you are. If Even if you don't like your work, a lot of people just kind of give up. You know what I'm saying? But if you understand that God has sent you there and you may not know the reason, you may not know the purpose. You may never know the purpose of why you were sent there. Maybe years afterwards, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying? But as you continue to trust God, you know that he's got you in your hand. Totally. But Love in addition that. to that, man, Paul, it is that moment when I step into God's presence at the end of my life. All I want to hear, man, is well done. That's all I want to hear. Like, like even speaking to you right now, like I'm starting to get emotional because that you need is- need some <laughs> No, I'm good. I've got, I've got Yoda, um, Yoda over Yoda. here to, to just kind of cheer me up. But when I, every time I talk about that, I get so emotional because I just want to hear those words. Exactly. Like there's, there's very few that I yearn for at the end of my mm. life. Like I don't want a Mercedes Benz. I don't want a yacht. I don't want millions in my bank account. I want to stand there before Christ and he'll say, good. well done, my good and faithful servant. And I believe that in order for me to hear that, I have to be like that good steward. Great. That took whatever the master gave me yeah. and said, okay, I, I have no control over this. You, you decided how much to give me. Amazing. I can't complain, but I'm gonna do the best with what you've yeah. given, yeah. where I'm at. Um, and so for me, those, those are the big things that kind of motivate me. Amazing. I talked about wanting to be better earlier yeah. and I have the same motivation. Like when I look at my life and I look at other people's mm -hmm. lives, I look at my life and I, I realize, hey, God has given me so much potential yeah. and so much things that I can work on. Yeah. And so I want to be better because I want to be faithful That's with great. what I have. That's awesome. And I love what you said. All we have is all that we need. Yeah. And you know what? You're really good at that. You know, it, it, it's funny because um, there, there are people in my sphere that I actually admire and you're one of them. Wow. You know, I admire you, Paul, and, and, and how you lead, how you take risks. Can I get the tissue, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but how you learn, how you continue to improve. And, and that's actually something that I look at. And I'm like, okay, I need a little bit more Paul in me. You know what I'm saying? And so guys, YA, man. You're putting you're, me on the spot, Hey, guys. you guys got a great, great leader. So yeah, you guys are, you guys are blessed. Really honored that you say that. It's very humbling. But I wanna talk about the practical, I think the practical side yeah. of keeping ourselves aligned and keeping ourselves motivated okay. is knowing what we're good at. Mm. Like embracing our yeah, strengths. Yeah, I'm yeah, a huge yeah, advocate yeah. and you know this, yeah. of the yeah. Gallup Strengths Finder. Okay, okay, yeah, probably, yeah. There are probably 10 people in our church who've already bought uh, a code to okay. Strengths Finder That's and great. I'm Gallup, I need commission. Um, but I, I, I think that a lot comes from that, that. We need to know what we're good at. Yeah. There's a lot of people, we can try to be good at everything mm. and we'll never be good at anything. Absolutely. And so, that is when, so it, good. when it comes to thriving in our personal lives, yeah. we gotta figure out how we're wired. Yes, absolutely. What can you say about that? Oh man, what can I say about that? You know, again, 
it all goes back to self-awareness, right? Mm. And, 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 and I think a big thing is being okay, knowing that you're not okay in certain things. Good. You know what I'm saying? Good. And you so, model that best. So, you're so, no, 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 no. Yeah. You, are, you are so hungry to learn. Like you stepped in on staff and you're asking questions and that puts so much um, confidence in us okay. that, okay, I wanna be like that. I wanna learn, I wanna be hungry, I wanna be humble enough to ask questions. Oh, wow. And I, I just think you do that so well. Yeah, and, and and it's it's mainly because there are a lot of things that I know I have to grow in. Um, but knowing what you're not good at, and so you know, case in point, you know, for me, I realized, you know, like just recently. So so we all look at Pastor James, right? And he's like, wow, this tremendous leader, and you know, and 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 it's almost like he's so secure and and. He always knows what what to say, and <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not like that. Like I ask a lot of questions because I genuinely don't know, you know. And when I begin to say, I want to be like him mm-hmm. in sort of this unhealthy, insecure way, and not tap into my true self, and say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. And and when I'm when I start becoming okay, sorry, I just kind of spit there. I know that this table was just wiped. My bad. <laughs> but when I when I start becoming okay yeah. with not being okay in certain areas, then that's when I can become more comfortable Good. in my own skin. And and I think it's important for us to all all self-assess, right? So you talk about strength finders, you know. I, I, I kind of look at it and, and for me, I look at, okay, what am I good at? And, and, you know, humility sometimes will tell you, well, I'm not good at anything. You know, those people that always say all glory to God. I'm like, well, hold on, man. Yeah, glory to God, but you, you work pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? So that's great. You're giving God the glory, but man, you worked really hard at it. So that's really good. And so I think like, like for me, it's like, I know that my gift is speaking. Mm. It's because I enjoy it. I love it. I know that I'm weak in admin. You know what I'm saying? And Paul's laughing. He's giving me a little smirk. No, I'm I'm the same. I'm the same. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and so, yes, I will try to improve in that area, but I know that just because I don't enjoy it. And so I'm just not going to freely like I'm gonna learn just enough to get me by. Like, you yeah. know, Pastor James talked about the piano, just enough to get you by so that your boss doesn't get mad at you. Um, but I know that I'm gonna excel in other things just because I love it. Yeah, I love doing it. It gives me life. And so I think being okay with what you're good at mm. and really having that humility to say, I am good at that. Yeah, It takes humility to say that too, right? Wow. It's not arrogance. Because humility is being being down to earth. Yeah. And so when I'm okay with, you know what? I think I think speaking is my, one of my strengths. I think people and creating relationships is one of my strengths. Yep. But you know what? Admin, organization. Ooh man, those details. Oh, like I'll admit, I'm not good at that. So I'm not going to pretend to be good at it. I'm going to ask help whenever necessary. Yeah. And the thing is. I can help maybe some of those people that aren't so good with people, that aren't so good with maybe speaking. 
and I can be their mouthpiece. I can be their relationship That's person. That's really good. And I, what I, what I got from the, I got from this is that we love working on our strengths, and I yeah. love working on my strengths yeah. because I've learned to embrace my limitations. Mm. And I think sometimes we put in so much negative on our limitations. Oh, I'm limited. I'm limited. Yeah. I actually, I actually love my limitations yeah, yeah, yeah. because that allows me to refine and sharpen what I'm good at. Yeah. Because ultimately, we can never thrive in something that we're not built to thrive. Absolutely. And so we gotta know what we're good at. We gotta yeah. know what we love to do, what mm -hmm. we enjoy to do, mm -hmm. so that we can thrive in our personal lives. Absolutely. Like, what's what's one limitation? <laughs> like, like I, I, I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious. What is like one limitation that you, you have? One limitation probably that I have is that, again, I'm also not good at admin, but I actually lack on my top five strengths on the strengths finder. Yeah. I actually don't have an exec executing theme. So I don't, I'm not really good at execution. Okay. And there's a lot of people in, in my team and in, in our team that are great leaders who are so much better than I am mm. when it comes to execution. Okay. And so what I do is I allow them to fly in that area. Okay. I mean, that's a great limitation that I have. I'm not good at execution. And so, but my number one strength is input, which is, which allows me to read and mm -hmm. take in information. Mm -hmm. And so I use that to kind of make up for my limitation and execution okay. so that I can put systems into my life. Oh, so you take your input strength and you learn about, you learn about systems. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great way to actually, um, to make up. So, so you're using one strength to make up for a weakness that you have and supporting and, and getting other people to, like you surround yourself with people who can execute. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, and I think, I think all people who have vision need people to be able to execute. Yeah, yeah. So some people I think are entrusted by God with vision. Some yep. people are entrusted by God to do the action. Yeah. But we're all, we're all, we all need to work hard, but it's just different, yeah. different gifts. Yeah. But you know what's funny, Paul, is that there's actually situations that where you have no choice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like meaning to say there are situations in life where you can't say that's not my strength. Yeah, like totally. not everyone is in sort of that position where like, okay, you know <laughs> what? I'm just I'm just gonna use my strength. I'm gonna get other people. Some people exactly. have to be a Swiss army knife. Yeah. And they just have to actually grind. And 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 I say that because, you know, with, with this pandemic going on, right? Like I've had to grind. Mm. You know, when it comes to, you know, just getting really practical when it comes to family, right? When it comes to the things that 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 I used to be able to do, but now I can't. Yeah. Like I had to yeah. find ways to make things happen. Totally. So yeah, I, I just- And you gotta I, at least know a general knowledge of what's happening yeah. and what you're asking people to do. Again, for me, and Pastor James always tells us this, that we shouldn't be telling people to do something that we're not prepared to do ourselves. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I really believe that, that we can't take people to a place that we've never been. Absolutely. And so we gotta learn um, how to do the things, even if not they're not our strengths. But I, I wanna uh, go transition into thriving with other people. Oh, wow. That's, that's a topic today. Okay. <laughs> but we talked, we talked a lot about thriving in our personal lives and mm -hmm. I think that's the foundation mm -hmm. of it. But I love how you came in in the middle of a pandemic mm -hmm. and you gelled so well, so quickly in our team. 
So okay. can you talk to me about some of the things that you keep in mind maybe when it comes to working with other people, how you embrace the culture so well and how you've kind of learned how to work with so, such chemistry in our team? Yeah, so so here's, here's the thing about, you know, doing these interviews, right? So, um, you know, there's always two perspectives. And so from your perspective, you saw that I gelled really well. For me, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to fit in. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, like, am I... Am I part of favor? And so, again, just, wow. you know, I want to put that out there that that you may have seen things one way, but I was, um, I mean, there was definitely a fit, mm. but there were definitely moments when I was struggling. Um, and and it's natural because, you know, you're going into a new culture. Yeah. But one of the things that I, that I really committed to doing was... And this is, this is something that my dad taught me um, because he's been part of, you know, almost like rebuilding organizations. And I remember when he, he went to an organization uh, out in Europe, he, we went for a walk in the park and I was like, okay, you know, I call him Appa, right? Appa, what? Appa. How do you know when you come into an organization what to work on first, mm. right? How do you say, how do you say that in Korean? Oh, I just said it in English. <laughs> My Korean's horrible. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> but 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 you know, um, because when you walk into an organization and, and when I came in, I became, you know, I was the executive people pastor. I'm like, what is that? Favor never even had one before. And so I'm stepping into a role where there's no precedent. And there's no like like Pastor James didn't give me like a job description. Like these, are your, these are your deliverables. And, and you know, Pastor James did a great job of giving me these broad strokes and he was specific in some, but, but I didn't really have a predecessor mm. that would say, okay, this is what you need. You know, here's the inside track. And so what I committed to doing was, hey, when I come in, I'm not gonna make a lot of changes. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I'm gonna take a posture of learning. Yeah, and first. I saw that. And I, and I remember my dad telling me, hey, when he first went that first year, people were asking him, what are you gonna do? And he would just say, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and he would just be there with the people, create relationships, you know, really care on people. And then after year one, he would begin to implement things based on what they saw. And the reason why I say that is because I've, been in an environment where I was the leader mm. and I just came guns blazing. Mm. And I realized that that created two things. Number one, people didn't feel secure with me. Mm. And a leader should bring a sense of stability to whoever they're leading. But number two, it was a recipe for burnout. Wow. Because what happens is when you come into an existing relationship uh, or, or, or an organization, and you come and you dictate the pace and you dictate, you know, the things that need to be done without trying to learn, you'll always come against the wall. Mm. And people either won't want to change or won't change as fast as you want. Yeah. And so I, I made it a real clear, like a really intentional thing for me just to learn. Yeah. Just ask a bunch of questions. Yeah. And, and, and if I saw things, that I wanted to change, that I knew, and I'd ask people's opinions, then I'd do it. But Amazing. I think I, I think that was that was a key for me um, to 
to adjusting. Yeah, I saw that. And you you came in with such a humble spirit. Like you've been a pastor for for many years, but you came in with such a spirit of learning and you're just asking questions and you you were super humble. And what I really loved about that is that you were all you've always been grateful with the position with the role that was interested to you. Mm. And we could sense that that he's so you're so we were so grateful to be a part of the team and I think that's a, that's a key thing that the leaders that I saw in my life thrive mm. in roles like pe- people that I lead and people that who led me are people who were grateful. People yeah. who are like, "Oh, oh man, I I get to serve with them. Absolutely. I get to be a part of this." And I'm so grateful for people like that because people like that I believe are the people who gel well with teams. You know, there is nothing I you know, let me be pretty blunt here. There's nothing uglier than a leader who is ungrateful. Than than a leader who is critical all the time. Than a leader who is always like pointing out the wrong things. Wow. And I, I believe- Can you say that again, Pascal? Can you say that again? <laughs> I, and, and so, I, you know, when, when, my, when my dad turned 70, right? We celebrated in Korea and, um, you know, I asked him to say a word, right? It was just all of us and, you know, the family hadn't got, gotten together in years. And he said, you know what? As I get older, I just want to have a sweeter spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I can, I, I know what he means by that. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to be a more tender husband. I want to be a more tender grandfather, a more tender leader that understands people. And I believe a great part of it is, is gratitude. Yeah. And totally. he would always like, and, and that's why models are so important. And, and my dad, you know, I, I love him. He's my hero. Um, but he would always pull me aside and be like, Man, you know what? I'm so grateful. And he would start listing them, listing them down. You know, wow. I'm. Isn't it so cool that we get to do this? And I remember he. We went into Clark one day, right? And there's the Aitas, mm. right? And, and they're they're begging. And and he had this moment. And my dad and I, we don't have a lot of tender moments, right? Um, you know, he's he's that that strict Korean, you know, was born right out of the war, you know, very just, you know, I'm I'm gonna provide for my family in advance. But he had this moment of tenderness and he looked at me and he said, you know what? I could have been that kid. Isn't it unfortunate that just because you're born into the wrong family, that's your fate, Hmm. that you're begging. And in that moment, I saw just how grateful he was. And, 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 you know, my dad was born into poverty and, and he, was, he was a compassion kid. You know what I'm saying? World vision, wow. compassion, right? He was one of those oh, kids. Wow. But, you know, through a lot of hard work and God's blessing and grace, you know, he was able to, to really make it. Yeah. And, and so I think that's where I've learned a lot of my gratitude mm, from. Great. You know, so yeah. Yeah, and I think that makes you uh, such a charismatic leader. And you effortlessly make people comfortable. Like you have a strength called Wu. Yeah, I do. Right, Wu, Wu Lim, right? But Wu stands for winning others over. And you do that so well. Yes, because it's your strength. But um, can you talk about how... How do you how do you become intentional with that? You When you talk to people, you make them feel comfortable. Like you make them feel heard. Can you talk to me about that? You know what? I You know, part of it... I. You, 
I think there's a good side and there's a dark side. Okay. And, and I remember reading this book by, um, by Macintosh, I think it's, he called it the dark side of leadership. Right. And, and, um, you know, winning others over part of the dark side can be, I want to be liked by you. Yeah. Right. And I'm really insecure and you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes for you to like me. And I lived there for a long time. Okay. Sometimes I still kind of creep over to the dark side. Um, but one thing that I've learned recently is, is to be curious about people. Yeah. I was about to say that. You're you know like what I'm saying? That. And, 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 you know, it's funny when someone says something or when someone teaches you something and it just sticks, it just resonates mm, with you. Mm. And someone once told me that, and it just stuck with me. Be genuinely curious about people. And so what that means is that I'm not going to try to look like someone to you so that you can think that I'm somebody else, but I'm genuinely going to ask you yeah. about what you're going through. That it's not about me, but it's it's about you. And just Good. earlier, I was I was having this conversation with Belle, you know, and I was asking her, Belle, yeah, you know, tell me about tell me about um Belle's our kids pastor, by yeah, the way. She's our kids amazing, like so infectious good. energy. Like one of the you know, Belle is one of those people that you just love being around. Yeah. You right. know, I think at the guy look is like Sarap Kasama. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like, hey, it's just so nice to be with you. Belle and her wife. And her wife, her husband. Yeah. <laughs> Arnell, Arnell so big good. shout out. Um, but I was, I was really curious because I'm raising a daughter. And I'm like, Belle, you're so secure. And, and you're, you're such a balanced, but at the same time secure and energetic person. And so I began asking her about, hey, how are you raised? Wow. You know, like, like, tell me about your relationship. Who are you closer to? Was it your mom mm. or your dad? And in the process of doing that, you know, she began to tell me a lot about her relationship with her father and, and, and how like, you know, they were really close and, and she was really a daddy's girl, right? And then I also learned about how he passed away early. So when someone, when you're curious about someone and someone begins to disclose that kind of information, I'm not intentionally trying to win her over, man. Yeah. But when, when, when someone shares something deep and you're there to listen, mm. you, they can't help but feel like you're on their side. Totally. That, that they've let you in to a part of their life that's deep. Um, and so I think, you know, being really curious about other people, totally I think today, you know, a lot of people just want to get their word out. Yeah, yeah. They want to express, but I think, you know, be slow to speak. Exactly. quick to listen, right? Totally. Two ears, one mouth. I think it's true. And so I, if people could be a refreshing voice mm. of just being listen, just totally. listening. I think Christians should be the best listeners. Totally. Like Jesus was amazing at listening and just entering into their pain and just affirming them yeah, and saying, totally. man, God is with you. You know, just speaking life based on what you've heard. I, you know, I think we could change the world. Amazing. I really do. I think a lot of, you've heard this from a lot of people that you're a great communicator. I heard it from a few people. Um, but I think a lot of communication is not all about speaking, speaking, speaking. Mm. I think most of it even is about listening. Yeah, And so absolutely. 
I think why you win others over is because you make it about people. You make it about them mm. and people genuinely yeah. love to talk about themselves. Yeah. And so that yeah. I think that's a key secret maybe even in leadership. Yeah, yeah. When you want to build relationships with other people, you yeah. want you want to, them to be on your team, you want them to do something for God, do mm. something for your team, yeah. make it about them. Absolutely. Like I I love asking people, "Hey, what do you love?" Yeah. Like, what do you like to do? Yeah. What inspires you? What motivates you? Yeah. And so, because the, people create memories, they don't create things. Yeah. And so they just people just love. We love to talk about ourselves, and we love to share memories. Yes. That we have. Well, and and I think I don't know who said it, but people will remember how you made them feel. feel. Yeah, totally. Right. More and than so what you said. Exactly. More than what you did. Exactly. And so even, you know, even when it comes to preaching or, or communicating, right? I always try to leave people with a feeling, you know, because I know that's gonna last longer, longer. than an information. Yep. And so if people can come out feeling like God loves them, feeling that, that they're worthy of love, feeling that they have a hope in the future, you know, I would prefer that over like, yeah. The best exegetical, you know, three-point, well-structured sermon. Yeah, and you do that so well, and you, you, you make people feel like they're supported. Like personally, I feel supported when you're around. Can you talk to me about how, how do you? What's your mindset when it comes to developing other people? What's your mindset when it comes to allowing other people <clears throat> to fly? Wow, that's, you know, to be honest with you, I I believe that in in probably all my skills, that's probably one of the weakest. You know, really? leadership development is something that I I really haven't done that well in the past. And so this is, you know, whatever I say is gonna be, you know, from a place of still really trying to learn. Um, but I would say that as you develop leaders, you know, that the idea of staring, right? The idea of just looking at someone and just seeing what they're strong at, mm. right? I think that is one thing, you know, and and and, and I do this a lot with my kids too. Yeah, I just kind totally, of sit and totally. stare at them. And I was like, man, he's, he's pretty good with information. Yeah. You know, she's really like, I, I was starting to box with my daughter. Mm. Like it was kind of weird. It first started a little violently and I'm like, hey, let's have some rules, right? Yeah. And so it's like, and I, I just kind of like, hey, maybe I'll get her some gloves, right? And so that's with kids, but that's also leadership yeah, development. Totally, totally. And so as, as you begin to look at other people, right? And you begin to see their strengths and their gifts. And, and for example, for you, like, like you know, th there are some things that I've entrusted you with and, and those things, you know, I didn't intentionally do it, but, but they were tests. Oh, wow, Paul is able to do that. And then so that gives me an idea to, okay, Paul has this capacity, right? Paul's got this set of talents. And so what I, I believe when, when we develop leaders, it's just giving them small things to do, right. seeing how they handle it. And of course, you know, character yeah. is so important. So, I mean, you've got skills that can be mm. developed, yeah. talents that can be formed, but man, Character is something that can only be shaped. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so humility, coachability, being faithful in the small, yeah. these are the things that I look at to see if 
do they have a foundation for this? Mm. Because mm. if that character foundation isn't there, like whatever talent I put on top of it, it's on shaky ground. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so for example, if, if they don't have, you know, the foundation of having some humility, I know that whatever skill or accomplishment they have, it's going to be a bit hard. I love that. Yeah. Teachability over talent any day. Man. I mean, you talk, you talk about, you know, I love basketball. You talk about NBA, right? And you, it, they always talk about the player that's coachable. Mm. And these days, everyone wants to be the superstar. But when I look at the people that I work with, man, give me someone who is willing. Yeah, totally. You know what I'm totally. saying? And, and, and I remember like just listening to a podcast by Craig Rochelle. He said, hey, if, if you are willing, and he was talking about leading up, leading your leaders, right? He said, one way you can do that is by doing the things that others aren't willing to do. Wow. You will begin to gain influence with the person that's leading good. you. That's good. What's even better is someone who's talented, who's teachable. Absolutely. <laughs> that's it. I love, I love what you said about look at people for their strengths. Like look at what they're good at. Yeah. And there's so much power in that. We always say in leadership, What's repeated, what's celebrated is repeated. And what's so celebrated. Okay, repeated. okay. So, and you do a great job okay. with that. Like you celebrate people, you yeah. compliment people. And I think that allows mm. other people mm. to feel confident with what they're good at. Yeah. Because yeah. when we look at when we point out people's weaknesses, oh man, they yeah. lose confidence. Tell me. But about when it. we talk about their strengths, we talked about what they're good at, yeah. we celebrate what they're really, really um, doing well with. Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll flourish and they'll grow even more. Yeah, you know, that that actually came and I know exactly where it came from. Several years ago, I read a book called Whale Done, right? The Animal Whale Done by, by Ken Blanchard. And it was, it was all about praising people for the good that they're doing. So it's all about like, I'm gonna catch you doing something good because for most of us, we've been taught to catch the bad. Mm. Right, our parents are always catching the bad in us. Like, you know, like sumbung or whatever, right? But if you begin catching people for the good that they do, good. then that's, you, you, it's almost like you're adding coals to the flame. That's good. That's really good. It's a, it's a great title. You know, and talk about developing people and allowing them to fly. I'm mm. really thinking about this concept of seeing tasks as means to empower people. Okay. Seeing tasks as means to develop people. Okay. Like the more I get into, I get deeper into leadership. Yeah. The less it, it's about, I've discovered that, that it's less about commanding people and more about developing people. Mm. Like a lot of times it, we, we think that I gotta lead, I gotta tell people what to do, I gotta, I gotta tell people do this, do that. But it's actually more about adding value to them and giving them opportunities so that they can fly. Wow. Like for me personally, I think I've grown to where I am right now, which I, I'm not far yet, but I think I've grown to where I am right now because I have been secure enough to admit that I'm not good at everything. Mm. Like I tell my team, my team um, every time, hey, you're good at this, yeah. I'm trusting this to you. I'm empowering you to yeah. do this because I know that this will be a means to develop you. Yeah. And so I'm unashamed with interesting tasks to people 
because I know that God wants them to do that so that yeah, they can yeah. themselves be developed. That's and really so there's good, a lot man. of people in my team that are better than I am at project management, mm. at creating structures, systems, and all yeah, that. Yeah. And I allow them to fly in their lane. You talked about running the race on your lane. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that concept. So yeah. I really like that topic, that, that concept of it's less about commanding people mm. and more about developing them. And I think yeah. a key to developing people is giving them tasks that are aligned to their strengths that you can have, you can give them um, authority over. Yeah. Craig Rochelle, I think he's, he's just such a great leadership he guy. Is. He talks about when you give people just tasks, you develop followers, you create followers. Okay. But if you give people tasks and authority over that task, yeah. you create leaders. Man, that's really good, Paul. And I, I don't know if I have anything to say to that. I, I would actually want to ask you more of how you do that. But I think what one of the things that I would add to that is, is also being in line with the mission. Good. So, you know, the task is not just the task, but a task is relentlessly committed to whatever the mission is. And at favor, mission is- is It's everything. Is more, it, it, it's, it's bringing the kingdom of Christ, right? It's, it's, for, it, it's for more people to know Jesus. And so for me, when I, when I give tasks, you know, I, I sort of see it in, in this broader perspective. And so, you know, when I look at VIP or when I look at, when I look at connect groups, and let's say I'm looking at, hey, we want to develop leaders. And you know, I've been preaching this for the past months. We got to develop leaders, develop leaders. The reason why is because I want to make sure that when God just pours the blessing and just, you know, I want to make sure that we're ready for it. And so for me, you know, I have to explore that concept a little bit more, even in my own leadership journey that, you know, we give tasks to develop people. I think I may have been doing that without being aware of it. Um, but I love what you say about just giving them authority. Right. And so, you know, for example, like, and, and I think you have to see whether or not like everyone is on a different leadership journey. Mm. I think some people, how do I say this? I think some people need a little bit more guidance than others. Yeah, true. And I think that's where, you know, you as a leader, you see where mm. they're at. And for some people, they could probably use a little bit of failure. Yeah. Right? So we can't be afraid of that as well. well that as they way. fail, they learn. And yeah. so, you know, I'll, like with my daughter, I will say, hey, you know what? Pain will be her greatest teacher because she doesn't listen to us sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And when she's really hard-headed, Pain will teach you like your parents cannot, girl. <laughs> but but yeah, I think I for me it's it's really about the mission. Maybe in line, just to kind of add to that developing yeah, totally. other people with tasks. It's all about the mission, mission as well. All about team win. You know, yeah. I think it was last week. No, it was this Sunday. We were we had a meeting with our regional leaders. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a great meeting. Mm. And we have great regional leaders. We do. And you just have a way, what I like about you when it comes to thriving with people, okay. is you have a way of inspiring people so that they could do things better. Wow, thank and, you. And I and you and they come at you and they they react like, oh, yeah, I wanna do that. 
Like even tasks that are, not, are seemingly unappealing or maybe uninteresting, yeah. you have a way of saying it and phrasing it, maybe in explaining the why behind that, yeah. that people want to do it. Oh. Can you talk to me about inspiring others, like what you said, to work towards the same goal and really um, when it comes to, especially when it comes to doing things that are not super exciting. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, and I think where I get that from is I, I had a mentor who always, who always reminded me to cast the vision. Mm. And he would always like, you know, he's a little bit older, so he would repeat his stories. And, you know, he would always talk about how he would have to clean the club you know, he would have to clean the bathrooms, you know, get it ready for church. And so he would say like, okay, how do we, how do we get volunteers to scrub toilets in a club that was used the night before and there's syringes and there's like, you know, just stuff there to make it, to make it suitable for it to be the house of God, right? And, and he always reminded me about the why. Yeah. Always cast vision. And I think that's where leaders, and, and even for me, I need to be reminded. And so, you know, we were talking about attendance. That is just not the sexiest thing to talk about, right? To do, you know, you get on connect a computer, right? Connect that, attendance, yeah. right? Just to kind of like, you know, plug it in. But when you begin to explain the why behind it, when you begin to explain how attendance, you know, connects with the unity of the church and how like, you know, we're called to be faithful, people can get behind that. Totally. People can believe in unity. Yeah. And, and they might not believe in attendance, but when they see that this contributes to the health of yeah. the church. Just to add to that, we, we, attendance allows us to know what people are going through. Exactly. Allows us to pray more. Exactly. Yeah. And it just gives us a, a clearer picture of where our church is. Then people can begin to get behind that. And so I think what, when we assign a task, there has to be an even more compelling vision, vision. behind that. And I think that's, that's a skill that a lot, a lot of leaders need to develop. And I think it's different when you're working with volunteers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be like, hey, I'm paying you for it, so you better go do it. And so you have to communicate it in a way that's inspiring. Totally. Um, and, and I think sometimes it's okay to challenge them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody wants to be serving in a position where they're not challenged. You know, I, I, think, I think people want to feel like they're necessary, like, like you're needed, man. Mm. And so I mm. think when a leader casts the vision, it, it would be good to also remind people of that. Like, hey, man, we need you. Without you, this doesn't work. Totally. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you always explain the why. And I think that's a huge a huge aspect that a lot of leaders just neglect. Mm. Like before you tell someone something, for them to be able to do that excellently, yeah. we got to explain the why. And for me personally, I add the why, I add the future, I add the mm. vision. Because vision is simply what could be and should be in our That's lives. Great. And so I try and communicate the why and what it could be for us. Mm. Like when I, when I talk to the team and favor movement team, I tell them we're doing this for the people, we're doing yeah. this for them. And not only that, we're doing this for the favor movements in Korea, once we have one in Japan, in Australia, because that's why we do it. Yeah. And we, 
I think when people have something to look forward to, yeah. when people feel like they're a part of something bigger, yeah, they do things better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's it's really the leader's job to inspire people. You know, I think it's one thing to tell someone to do it, but it's a completely different thing when you get someone to want mm. to do it. And that's where, you know, it's so hard because, because not everyone is gifted in that. You can definitely learn it. And I think, I think people, leaders especially, need to continue to try and ask wow. themselves, how can I communicate this in a more compelling way that they wanna do it? And that's where, again, if, if we were to connect it to love, love is patient. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And so if you don't have love and if you don't have patience, what you'll do is you'll say like, hey, you know what? Just do it my way. But if you're patient wow. enough and if you can That's ste great step into their shoes and say, you know what? These are people that are working. These are people that are tired, but they're giving their time and their energy to the church. I owe them something more yeah, compelling. Totally. You know what I'm saying? I can spend a few more minutes crafting this statement so that they'll feel like church work, man, this is awesome. Totally, totally. And it's and to me, like asking people to serve and asking people to be a part of what we're doing, yeah. I'm not ashamed to do that mm. because I know that it's not just for the church, <clears throat> it's for them because we yeah, are the church. Absolutely. And so when people serve, when people thrive, when people put in effort and yeah. time into what we're doing here it's actually for their benefit. So I love that. Hey, as we end, can you just give uh, the young adult leaders or, or, or all our young adults, just top your top three advices when it comes to leadership? Man, top three advice. Okay, so let's, I'm not gonna think too much about yeah, this. Yeah, don't you think know, too much about it. I am compelled to say top three advice is have a healthy morning routine. Mm. Like it can be as simple as making your bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like do something repeatedly yeah. that causes you to win repeatedly. Because when you win your day, you win your week. When you win your week, you win your month. You know, you win your life. Yeah. And so it all starts with a day. And I am led to say that when you win your morning, you win your day. Good. And so commit to something. You don't have to go as crazy as Paul does, waking up at 3.30 a.m., even before that Rarely Easter happens. crows. Rarely you know what I'm saying? You don't have to go that crazy, but, but first things first, take care of it, right? Number two, I would say um, begin to almost investigate your own personal soul. And, and I'm talking about your emotional health I'm talking about your insecurities. I'm talking about maybe even some of the dysfunctions that you have um, because even if you feel like that's not important, even, even if you think that that's not the sexy side, the showy side, that's, that's almost like, you know, the, 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 the vessel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That, that's almost like the, the main part of the ship that holds it afloat. Like we all want to work on this on the part of the ship that shows above ground, sexy, right? Yeah. If people see it, there's a swimming pool, but really, your interior life is that part that is keeping it afloat. Mm, and so, good. if you don't work on that, 
eventually what happens is that you just, you break, you know, and you live a life that's not in integrity. Third, I would say, just put yourself in a good environment. Good. You know what I'm saying? Good. Put yourself in a good team, serve at church, you know, um, because there's nothing quite as affirming and as encouraging and as mission-minded as the church. Totally. Um, so I would place myself in a good environment so that I can feel like I'm winning and I'm contributing and I'm doing the work of God. Wow. So those, those three things. Love that. Thank you, Pastor William. I yeah. hope you got something from that. I got so many things from that. I'm going to be taking down notes when I watch this and listen to this again. But I love that you're a part of Favor Movement. Can we just all honor Pastor William? Hey, thanks for having such, me. Such Thank a, you such so a great much. leader and such so, so real, so authentic. I think you really inspire us to just stay on the journey mm. and just keep learning, Be stay hungry and walk in what God has called us to do. And here in Favor Movement, I love how you talked about goals, being goal-driven and purpose-driven yeah. because our goal is simple. In Favor Church, in the Favor Movement, our goal is simple. It's to affect one person yeah. at a time and then reach the world, reach this, to reach this generation. Love that. Thank That's you, Pastor awesome. May Thank you to everyone who, stay, who stayed and listened and watched this. Hope to see you soon on our physical services. Hope you got something from that. See you next week.